Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to episode 324 of Geek Town Radio. We're back for the last regular show of the year. And uh, because of that, I wanted to have somebody that was slightly different and hasn't been on for a while on the show. So this week we have... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Uh, it's nice to see that it hasn't been long enough for you to forget to use that sound effect. <laughs> of course at not. At least it wasn't the sonic drowning noise, I'll give you that. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It's lovely to have you on after, uh, well, I, don't, I have not even looked how long, but it's... An embarrassingly long amount of time to the point where most viewers are going, who the hell is this person? How did they get here? Yes, quite possibly, because it you'd have been buried under streams of streams and charity stuff and hosting things on stages and yes you just become too popular for me <laughs> i i appreciate you lying and pretending it's because i'm popular and uh, not just because i make a lot of work for myself well there is that too so yeah what have you been up to in the last months years decades <laughs> weeks months years it's kind of like eeyore but with a pandemic involved um so <laughs> i have been focused a lot on twitch recently i do a lot of charity stuff in the run-up to christmas so i work directly with the samaritans i did a big yeah. streamathon got a bunch of incredible people together i was so honored that they wanted to get involved and we did a load of stuff for samaritans in the summer and now i'm doing my regular stuff over christmas again so we put up a christmas tree which i've already knocked over um <laughs> of course of course yes and i did a painting yesterday it's called trista ross the joy of painting badly i saw some of that yes hilariously funny uh, the hair suits you though so you know yeah and, and I, the beard. I think so it had to be purple it of had course. to be purple. I made that beard. That's the thing. I bought two <laughs> wigs and I made that beard. That's lovingly stitched with Christmas baubles stuck into it. That is. That took seriously more time than it really should have or looks like it did. So yeah, we did that <laughs> painting yesterday with Sonic the Cake Hog, my uh, best ever cake creation that seems to have now just become a meme that's been retweeted by Sega. It was also shared on the r slash cursed foods thread on Reddit. Really? And I uh, was removed as not being cursed which I take as massive validation that my cake decorating skills aren't that bad, even yes. if I did use a fire extinguisher to roll out the icing. But that's not the point. <laughs> that, that's not the point at all. It just added to why it was inedible. It was not the main reason it was inedible. Right. Um, but yeah, we did painting yesterday and that's the raffle prize that I am giving away for Samaritans. Although I, I suspect with my painting skills and the fact Mr. Blobby's on the painting, amongst other things, due to viewer requests, it's probably putting people off from donating rather than encouraging Quite them to Quite possibly, continue. yes. Yes, yes. Nevertheless, somehow on, yeah. we've hit 3K already. So it's excellent. You know, well they're done. Just, they're just making sure they donate just under the amount that gets them a raffle ticket, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anything with Mr. Blobby on. But, you know, it is a Trista original. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, which also detracts from its value. See, the piece <laughs> we painted over, which was Snowman in a Snowstorm, surrounded by storm 
troopers in snow outfits with lots of white cats. That piece that we painted over was worth significantly more than the one I've created, to be honest. Yeah, arguably, I would probably would have preferred to have had that. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're doing it for charity. So, yeah. <laughs> I've devalued a blank canvas is basically what we're getting at here. <laughs> Awesome. So what else have you been getting up to? I've been playing through Tomb Raider, the original series, and I'm loving it. Uh, We call it Tomb Failure because I like to set expectations correctly. Mm -hmm. We've been through the whole of the first game now, finding every secret, just full completionist. If I miss something, I'll backtrack the entire level to go find it. Wow. Playing it on tank controls on the keyboard. Oh my goodness. Space is not jump needs to be a (laughs) t-shirt. The amount of time I run at an enemy and then just really, really, in it, such a like confident way, press spacebar, put the guns away and the enemy eaten. <laughs> <laughs> As I just run headlong towards a giant crocodile, just go, yeah, giant crocodile. And then just de- like disarm myself and die horribly. Space is not jump is definitely becoming an issue, but I'm really enjoying them. And I've been pleasantly surprised by how well they have aged. Yes, the controls are incredibly clunky but as they are as much a a puzzle platformer as anything else action puzzle platformer effectively as those original games were it still works really well some of the glitches are hilarious i got my head stuck in a sphinx at one point (laughs) (laughs) well of course reload yeah Yeah. the joy the joy of having lots of uh lots of save points was handy there because uh, yeah we were well and truly stuck i could see what was on the inside though so i knew what area we needed to go to next but uh (laughs) was was somewhat uh decapitated but I have been really enjoying how fun those games still are, how silly and ridiculous they are as well. Yeah. I remember taking them quite seriously as a kid when they came out back in back in 96. I played them on PlayStation originally. Yeah. And I remember taking them quite seriously. And then years later, when the first Angelina Jolie movie came out, I went, well, they've made it all stupid. And now I'm playing the games. And I'm like, oh, look, a random dinosaur. Oh, look, a monster. The walls are made of flesh. What the hell is that? <laughs> and I'm like, wow, the movie was more serious than the games how had i forgotten how preposterous and ridiculous and wonderfully daft these games are yeah it's so, funny because i mean they've remade the games haven't they or or sort of done they've rebooted the games yeah they're, they've re- they're, they're not the same no they're nowhere near as silly as the originals were no, they're, they're a completely different type of game now they have made a modern incarnation of that character it's, yes it's effectively starting from scratch they're beautiful games the new ones but they aren't platform puzzlers. No, they don't. Well, I mean, they sort of are, but there's a lot more kind of straight third-person stutery stuff in those. There are puzzles in them, and they are, there are some sorts puzzles, of platformers. It's effectively an open-world RPG, character-driven. There's no story in the original. You get to the end, there's a cutscene, and you go, wait, who's that lass? Oh, yeah. she's got wings. Oh, there's a monster. I guess I'll shoot that then. Right, there, yeah. there's, re- there's no reason why there's dinosaurs in the original. None at all. Yeah, you know, they, they just are. They, mm. they, you just, just because. And that's sort of the effectively the reasoning behind everything. Just because they are a game which is so between the old and new type of games because it's polygon based. It's that kind of newer 32 bit thing. But it still is 
obviously developed by people who were making games before then, back when the reason for everything in games was, well, just because you are an egg and there's a there's a T-Rex. Yes. What, what's the question? What's the <laughs> plot? Oh, your girlfriend's been kidnapped. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> it's really that kind of thinking. And the new ones are like fully thought out stories and you have to go and level things up and make a camp yes. to sleep in. And I'm like, Lara Croft doesn't sleep. She rides a motorbike she got from nowhere over the top of a volcano, parks it somewhere we don't see and then fights a dinosaur. <laughs> And then gets on the bike at the end and goes off an exploding island, you know? Yeah, no, I guess I'm kind of in the same position as you. As I've had, It's been a long time since I played those original games. I hadn't quite remembered quite how silly they were. Do it, do it. I did go back and try at one point, but the controls are so horrifically clunky. They're kind <laughs> of part of the fun, though, because we, they yeah. are clunky and the camera is definitely the antagonist of the game. The actual yeah, antagonist, right, yes. like Tony Hawk's man on a skateboard with Uzis in an underground mine you know mm. these kind of enemies they're not your real enemies they're more just fashion victims and then victims of lara <laughs> but the real enemy is definitely the camera um, yeah. but the fact that everything is step jump or jump back one block and then jump it is very much like an old school kind yes. of platformer in that that regards it's it's much more super mario than yes. it is anything else i see what you mean with that i'm not sure i have the patience to go back and play them at this point but maybe maybe i will go and take a look sometime <laughs> just save after every jump yeah play it on pc you just save after every jump then every time you press the wrong button or you're eaten by a giant crocodile or six as one part in the uh, tomb raider gold <laughs> unfinished business levels has six giant crocodiles like that's just unnecessary yes. just done i don't even know i mean they must have been stacked on top of each other in the spawn <laughs> area you know like round the corner where they appear from nowhere funny and uh, you just have to save a lot basically yeah. and just take every jump as an opportunity to discover whether or not that's lava or, or just a, a misshapen rock because you can't quite tell yes it does sound like it's a game that would make for a very entertaining stream particularly knowing how utter clumsy you are as well of just generally falling off things so these Lara games seems like the perfect opportunity for you to be able to like just randomly fall into things so yeah I mean they do take bets on how many times I'm going to die like on each <laughs> jump like it's not even each level it's just like on this <laughs> jump how many attempts is it going to take and then there's just some really fun random stuff to do in the games as well because if you're being kind of a bit completist, like I've been going, I want to find all the secrets, which sometimes includes reloading stuff because of timed secrets. Right. I, I just like at one point I got to the top of a level and I just went, I want to go up there. And we just spent an hour finding a way to get right up to the top of this random bit. I wanted to see if I could jump out the level and go full GTA style. Right. Um, and I got right up to the top of this bit and I was so proud of myself for getting up to the top of the level. And then there was a bit of ammo up there and I was like, justify. <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to get up here. I haven't been wasting our time. We've now got some shotgun ammo. Not that I use the shotgun anyway, but that's not the point. It's a moral <laughs> victory. Awesome. So that's some of the stuff you've been doing on the streams. Have in the last six months you caught any TV at all? I know you've been struggling. Oh my goodness. I am so behind on so much television. It is embarrassing, which is why I warned you of that before you invited me on. Yes. I, I've seen the Loki series, obviously. Obviously. That, that happened. Yes. Obviously. Obviously. I've also been re-watching the Marvel movies in the background because right. I've seen those before. 
and been pleasantly surprised by how many of them have aged really well. Yeah. That's been pretty cool. I'm up to the Avengers being on in the background. That one's slightly more distracting for me, obviously. Um, <laughs> watching it. I, I, I tend to look over whenever there's like a good meme moment. It's kind of like, oh, we're coming up to the bit where Hulk punches Thor in the face. <laughs> we're coming up to the bit where Loki gets grabbed by the foot after making a big empower kind of speech about how he can't be defeated and is a god and gets stuffed across the screen, you know, and yeah. uh, been sort of looking up and yeah, that film's aged really well. The, the dialogue and the back and forth between all the characters still works really well, although I feel immensely more and more sorry for Hawkeye because just nobody cares. <laughs> I, he was just, I felt like he was done dirty, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're trying to rectify that with the current Hawkeye series, uh, which has been great, actually. The new Hawkeye series, I've really, really been enjoying, and it's kind of uh, got a diehard vibe to it because it's got that sort of action Christmassy thing going. So there's that sort of feel to it. And, you know, it's basically all he's trying to do is get out of the city and get back home to his family in time Mm. for Christmas. That's basically the setup for it. And then there was a whole bunch of things that start to get in the way of him doing that. But they're tied back to sort of other events in that have happened throughout the MCU. So trying to be sort of vague without giving too much away. They have done a really good job with that. And it's really fun and it's really funny. Hayley Seinfeld, who plays the new addition, Kate Bishop, who sort of becomes the kind of sidekick to Clint, is superb in this. Really, really good. Yeah, I want to check it out. I just felt like re-watching the Marvel movies. They needed to do something like this for him sooner because they introduce Black Widow before Avengers yeah. and she gets like a good, strong introduction. She gets effectively two introductions because I always thought of her introduction as the interrogation but not interrogation scene in Avengers but of course she had a full introduction before that she was in the film before and I always thought that's the wrong way around we could have had Black Widow introduced in Avengers because her character is incredibly strong incredibly cliche as well being that oh you are the trained from birth beautiful Russian spy femme fatale it's a cliche we know it we get it very quick that very very well done interrogation scene with the mobile phone what I'm working here. I'm, these guys are going to give me everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. That scene is such a strong introduction. She effectively got two strong introductions there, even though her character was quite easy to understand and very distinct. And mm-hmm. then Hawkeye is just kind of like turns up in the Avengers and it's like, oh, immediately controlled by the bad guy and just has no lines practically for half the movie. Yeah. After a sort of fairly weak introduction of he's just up there with some bows and arrows, mm-hmm. which is a fairly difficult sell anyway. And I'm like, we got to the point where somebody unarmed in the Avengers is not the one that sticks out as the sore thumb who's underpowered. It's yeah. a guy with the bow and arrows because they didn't give him any kind of backstory character development and he's a much more difficult character to sell because he doesn't fit into the oh you're a god you're a giant robot you're a giant monster you're a... there's no obvious thing there. Yeah. Really needed to introduce that character in a film before or give them a TV series before or something and I was just watching it going wow they really didn't give you a chance mate so 
I'm glad no. the, the TV show is finally fleshing that character out. What we need next is for Kobe Smolders to come back. Because I, I just expected, you know? Yes, she is in the Secret Wars series, I think. Mm. So she is going to be coming back as well. I expected her to be one of the lead characters in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, when I- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was announced, I just assumed the proven TV celebrity that they had who was known for doing long-running series would be in their long-running series. You would think, Because she was prominent in Avengers and she's good. You know, she proves she can be an A-list movie star. In that film, she looked completely not out of place, held her own up there, surrounded by these incredible famous movie stars, Mm -hmm. um, which is a difficult jump to make TV to film. And she did it. And then I was like, oh, of course, they're making a TV series, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. That makes sense. It will be her. She'll be one of the lead characters. And then she wasn't in it. And I was like, wait, what? And yeah, then she's just kind of been mostly absent ever since. So yeah, it'd be good to see what they do with her in Secret Wars because I, I felt like that was a really missed opportunity as well because her yeah. character was, was really interesting. Yeah, I would like to see more of that. And I mean, of course, with the way that they're doing the Marvel TV shows, it is going to be interesting to see where they kind of go moving forward because, I mean, we're, we're now getting a bunch of new heroes being introduced or new kind of super characters being introduced Mm. through the TV shows rather than through the films. I mean, we have got some introduced in the movies as well, but we are getting these people introduced through the TV shows like Miss Marvel and She-Hulk and the rumours are Daredevil is back. And I don't know whether Charlie shows up in um, the Spider-Man movie because I haven't seen the Spider-Man movie yet. I'm assuming you haven't seen the Spider-Man movie yet. I haven't seen it yet. La la la, fingers and ears, no spoilers, etc. And the world right there. No, everyone's saying it's amazing. I've seen no mention of that, but I have been trying to avoid all mentions of it. So Yes, I've been doing exactly the same i haven't had chance to go out and see it yet because i haven't been doing the show for the last couple of weeks i've been away and i got back on like thursday and it came out whilst I was coming back from my holiday. So yeah, I haven't had a chance to go out and watch it yet. I will hopefully over the next couple of weeks actually go out and see it unless they release it, give it an early home release. Uh, and yeah, I'm know. waiting on home releases for things for obvious reasons. So yes. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on that because I do, I do want to see it. It looks so good. Just when they started releasing images and I was just like, oh my God, I had spider. Oh my God, they're bringing all the suits. I was yeah. like, I need to see this. I to see this. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It really does. Matt has been to see it and Matt says it was absolutely superb. So he reckoned it's not only one of the best movies of the year, it's one of the best Spider-Man movies they've released out of all of them, including the, the original Sam Raimi ones. So but I definitely want to see that. But uh, I just, just say, like you, I'm avoiding spoilers for it right now. So <laughs> so uh, any anything else you've been up to? I have been uh, slowly re-watching The Expanse because I am so far behind on that. It <laughs> right. makes me cry because it's one of my favourite series. So I have been slowly re-watching it. I suspect you are watching like several seasons ahead of me at the moment. Yes, because the sixth season has just come out. I think, what, there are two episodes into that. It's ending with the sixth season as well, which is it's odd because there are a bunch more books after this but they've decided they're stopping it in the sixth season and it was a decision it's not like a cancellation it was a decision that they were going to end it at that point whether they're cramming I mean that's better than it getting cancelled I guess yeah so presumably they've decided maybe there is a particular arc in the book that 
they decided it was reasonable to end it at. I don't know. Are they going to do their own alternate ending, maybe, to kind of wrap everything up? That may be the case. I'm not sure. Or they're going to try and compress like five books into one series, which I hope that isn't the case. But I mean, I've not read the book, so I don't know. But the sixth season opening two episodes is as solid writing as it has been throughout the entire thing. It's been Mm. superb. I don't know whether it's a good adaptation because I've not read the books, but I mean, as a TV series, it's been brilliant proper hardcore sci-fi stuff which is what you want yeah because I've been sort of re-watching again I can only watch things I can put on in the background because I'm so busy at the moment but as I've been re-watching it one of the things I kind of realized that I hadn't quite spotted the first time around is that obviously the expanse covers a lot of things which are quite dark going in a little bit of the it's it's got a little bit of that kind of cyberpunk attitudes in it it's sort of between space opera and cyberpunk it's not so heavy on the people having robot arms stuff that people think is sort of just cyberpunk but it's got a lot of the cliches of it i mean there's a there's a guy who's a policeman trying to solve a crime wearing a hat i mean you know it's yeah, a, yeah. It, in a futuristic setting that's that's a, a very staple part of of cyberpunk stories and it's got a lot of those elements mixed in together but one of the things it seems to be for the most part pretty positive about is relationships mm-hmm. and i kind of hadn't clocked that the first time that you've got these underhanded governments and you know the worst of humanity exploiting or experimenting on each other and all of these things happening but at the same time, a lot of the characters are in kind of healthy romantic relationships. And I was like, huh, <laughs> that's that's an interesting kind of counterpoint, especially in these early seasons. Yeah. When you're seeing you're seeing the worst of humanity on one side and moving towards all of that very cyberpunky uh, evolution and, and what will humans become and technology and these kind of things. But yeah, then you've got uh, the main political figure. She's in a, a very healthy relationship with... With her husband, the relationship going on between the main cast on on the ship, that's pretty open and healthy. Amos and her relationship as a kind of brother-sister protector relationship, that's again pretty beneficial to both of them. And I was like, there's definitely some heart that's been snuck in here. And I can't, it's been so long since I read any of the books. I can't remember if that's the same as the books or not, if that's something that's carried over or if that was put in as as a counterpoint for things. But yeah, there, there is a slightly romantic kind of angle to it. And it kind of hit me when the characters were saying, oh, we need to sell this as a love story. There was an Earther who was part of the, the freedom fighters for the Belters who fell in love with you know, someone who, who was uh, from somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. It, it's a uniting story. And I was just like, do you know what? Yeah, there is totally a love story running through this that I hadn't I hadn't thought <laughs> originally. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of nice. It's kind of sweet to see that they're showing that human relationships can still be good, even in times where things are very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing which you really do need to watch at some point, I mean, I know you're struggling <laughs> at the moment, but um, Foundation on Apple oh, TV yeah. Plus is, is yeah, a yeah. I, I don't have phenomenal. access to the service at the moment. It will be when when one of my subscriptions runs out, I will get that just to watch Foundation. Foundation is a, it's a classic, classic book series and I really want to see how it gets adapted. I don't know the book series particularly, but I've 
told that it's it's being adapted fairly well certainly it is one of those things you do need to focus on it is something that you do need to have time to sit and actually watch you can't sort of do it in the background it is something you do need to focus on i thought that was a phenomenal yeah show. it's a little bit like i don't know not quite as much so as june but like like june mm-hmm. it's a thing you have to pay oh i saw june oh oh there's a thing i've seen that's modern oh I yes saw june. i saw june in the cinema oh wow i yeah. left my house the once <laughs> So how is that? Because that, that I haven't seen yet either. It's pretty good. I know some people are a little bit underwhelmed by parts of it because the pacing and things is, it's not completely Hollywood movie style. Oh my God, there's a giant climax at the end type thing. It is the start of a story. Yeah. Um, I think that it's it's a lot more faithful adaptation than some of the previous adaptations we've seen, certainly big right. screen. And it does a good job, I think, of balancing things from the book. Again, I haven't read the book in a phenomenal amount of time, but I've spoken to a few other friends who've read it more recently. And it does seem to me to do a, a good balancing act of that. They make a few of the characters who were just kind of a bit flat in the book, a bit more interesting right. by simply just being like, hey, let's just make them Aquaman. Um, Uh, It worked for Aquaman. We'll just make this Jason Momoa. That just fixes this character. And it worked for Aquaman and it absolutely works for June. You just suddenly a character that you were never that fussed by in the book. You're just like, hey, it's Jason Momoa. I now care. And that I thought worked. When when I heard the casting, I was a bit like, really? And then I was like, oh, no, no. It's just likable now. It's just (laughs) likable. He just walks in the room and you like him. Yes. I can see what they did there. That works. They did quite a good job with things i i enjoyed the movie it's very pretty and it was one of the ones where i was like right i will go and watch it at an obscure time early in the day the cinema was practically empty and i thought i needed to see that on a on a big screen because of there's all the rolling sand dunes and and you know the scenery and the atmosphere is so important to it so yeah i did actually leave the house Yes. Well, I mean, that is interesting. That that I mean, it's one of those things that you've got a character that, that nobody cares about. Make Jason Momoa the star of it. Yes. It just it works. They side eyed over at DC and went, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a good trick. That is. Yeah. That's going to be Jason Momoa's like job from now on. Yes. That's what's going to happen. If we'd been making the Marvel movies now, Hawkeye would be Jason Momoa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which Absolutely. is no fault of the actor. It's just they didn't. They gave him a bad lack of lines in his introductory movie and um, that's how you would have fixed that problem if you don't want to bother kind of like you know making a character have enough depth on their own you just make them Jason Momoa yes absolutely that's the way to do it in terms of uh, other stuff that's been around this week that I've been watching, The Witcher came back. You, you saw the first season of this, didn't you, I think? Yes, I binge-watched the entire first season. Yes. And I am desperately trying to find time to watch the new one. It's only eight episodes the second season. And, I mean, it's great again. They've sorted out a lot of the problems that the first season had in terms of the timey-wimeyness that the yeah, first the, season... they failing to just put so-and-so's story, so-and-so's story in yeah. text on the screen because none of the characters age. Hilariously, there is a meta joke actually in the show when Yaskia meets one of the character 
And Yaskia is obviously the person that sings about sort of the songs and all the adventures and stuff. And he's having this conversation with another character who's talking about one of his latest songs, which is obviously all about the events of season one. And he makes some remark about the fact that, oh yeah, it was a bit confusing at places that song. I didn't get that the, like, the, it was all different timelines and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, self-awareness. Points, points to them. It was just brilliant. Yeah, there's just this tiny little conversation between him yeah. sort of like criticizing the song and, and just and they could the thing really is they funny. could fix it they could just add like yeah. a little bit of text they could add it it's on a streaming service you could just add that bit of text that you just could. says you you could fix series one yeah. all it needs is like two words added whenever they swap timeline yes exactly but the second season they're doing a great job with as well it is much more of a straightforward like story there's no jump around in time this time around and it's a continuation of where season one ends i'm sort of halfway through the seventh episode and there's only eight episodes in the second season and i kind of get the feeling that it's going to feel like a mid-season finale when you get to the end of this season because i I, I mean they knew when they were going into the second season that it was likely to come back for a third so i suspect that the second season is probably going to end on some sort of cliffhanger because i i can't see how they're going to resolve everything by the end of the second season so i think it possibly is going to feel a bit more like a mid-season finale but but wait and see when i get there i have been enjoying it and i've binged through it in two nights so far so i've just got like an episode and a half left to go but I, it's been brilliant once again it's one of those things yaskia is still my favorite character in that he's just hilarious and uh, really entertainingly fun so uh be very much enjoying that there's just two types of people that watch the witcher types where that's their favorite character and types where they press mute when that character comes on that's, that's it <laughs> yeah very true i i think he's brilliant and uh, very funny in this one as well and uh, henry cavill's perfectly cast in it and it's great that show i'm really really enjoying that the expanse as i say a couple of episodes in been enjoying that star trek discovery has sort of come back since we've been off really and uh that's been good for the full season if you can go and find it because it is no longer on netflix it's going out on cbs viacom streaming service which is called pluto tv but you have to go and watch it live on there or you can go on to places like amazon and google and go and buy it for the full pluto season Pluto tv is this because no one could decide if it's a streaming service or not well <laughs> it's sort of streaming live tv so pluto.tv if you go to that it is basically streaming but it's streaming live channels so you have to go and be there at nine o'clock on i think they run it friday saturday sunday at 9 p.m but you have to be sat there at 9 p.m on friday saturday or sunday to actually sit and watch it for free on there so there isn't like a catch-up thing but if you want to be able to watch it at your own leisure, you can go and spend like, I think it's 16 quid or something for the whole season. You can, And you can go and buy it off Google Play or Amazon. That's what I did because there's just no way I'm going to be able to dedicate myself to being there at a particular time to watch it. 
eventually it will come on to Paramount Plus when Paramount Plus launches in the UK, but it hasn't yet. And it's going to launch at some point next year, hopefully early next year, but we don't know exactly. But it will come on to Paramount Plus UK along with a bunch of other things as well when that launches. So there's that. Uh, Superman and Lois, I watched the whole of that. That is streaming on BBC iPlayer over here. So And it's going out on BBC One as well. It's a weird pickup, I still think, for BBC One, that Superman and Lois series. But I'm glad that they have got it. And it's been really quite good. It's very, very different to a lot of the other Arrowverse things. It feels like it's more high. It's a higher quality. It feels more in that sort of next generation version of the Arrowverse stuff the Blanty stuff so it's more in the vein of like Stargirl which is sort of got higher production values it feels like it's sort of that next gen version of it and um, I really enjoyed the first season of that and uh, there is obviously a second season of that coming so that's something else you can go and catch up with because that's for free on iPlayer and whilst I was away, I caught the five episode crossover, not crossover of the opening of the next season of The Flash as well, which was called Armageddon because I was in the US. So I managed to get access to it over there. That actually was pretty strong. I thought I don't want to go into kind of spoilers of anything that actually happens in that. But I thought that was reasonably strong as a sort of opening. Um, it's the most entertained I've been by The Flash in a very long time, because if you've listened to any of the previous shows, me and Matt have been bashing The Flash for quite a while just because the quality has gone horrifically downhill but i actually thought that was a pretty strong start to the season so um we'll see where it goes from there it should be at some point probably i reckon around february maybe march when that comes back on skymax over here so we're still waiting for that but the opening few episodes i thought were pretty good ghosts i finally watched the uh, first season of that which i know i'm horrifically behind by that's on uh, i play in fact all the seasons of ghosts are on iplayer but i was on a plane and i had some time to kill and it was on the plane list of stuff and i thought oh i've not watched that so i watched the first season of ghosts utterly hilarious have you caught any of this by any chance i don't even know what it is this yeah. is how out of touch i am right now it's a sitcom it's one of those things that people some people have seen it and are like completely obsessed by it it also seems to have really flown under the radar as well it's really strange it's from the team behind horrible histories so and the people that did yonderland remember that sky series with the puppets yeah it's the same team that were behind that so and it's most of basically the same cast with a few other people involved as well matthew banson simon fangard martha Howe douglas jim howick lawrence rickard ben wilbont so they're well known for creating these slightly sort of odd things it's basically this couple that inherit this old crumbling house after a sort of distant relative dies they move in with the intention of sort of thinking well we could do it up and maybe turn it into a hotel but it turns out that the house is got a bunch of very dysfunctional ghosts that live in it and the horrible histories team are the people that are basically playing the ghosts pretty much it's just them full of silly fun stupid jokes and usual sitcom-y kind of goodness it's just there are three seasons of it right now which are up on i 
player. I've watched the whole of the first season. Really, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, it's, I mean, I loved Yonderland. Horrible Histories is fantastic. I just thought it's really fun. If you're looking for something that you can kind of half watch in the background, this actually, I think, would be something you'd quite enjoy. And if you're looking for something to cheer you up, definitely something to go and watch. They actually made an American version of it as well, which seems to be going down extremely well, which goes out on CBS. But uh, the British version is out on BBC iPlayer. I'd be interested to see the American version just to see what they did with it and how different it is. Certainly one I think you probably quite enjoy. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you said the Horrible Histories team wrote it, my ears were kind of like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Did you ever see Yonderland? I've seen bits of Yonderland, but I haven't seen the whole thing. But again, it's just they're just really good, solid comedy writers. Yeah, they are. They've got a, another thing coming, a couple of the guys. I think it's Lawrence and Matthew are writing a kind of alien TV show for UK TV. I think it's going on Dave, based around another comedy about sort of aliens landing on Earth, I think. That team behind Horrible Histories, if any of those names pop up somewhere, is one that always makes my ears stick up because you know you're going to get something good out of them. They always have really quite interesting ideas. It's a bit like if you see a League of Gentlemen attached to something. They're in that sort of same vein of oh, you know you're going to get something kind of interesting off these people. So they're very much that sort of group. That's Ghosts, but yes, I've watched the first season of it. I pro- Hopefully, well, we're off, I'm going to try and watch through the rest of it as well because there are some Christmas specials and stuff in there as well. And the other thing, movie-wise, I managed to watch was Free Guy. Have you seen this yet? I have seen Free Guy. <laughs> uh, yes, um, I, I kind of got the feeling it was sort of Lego Movie Meets Ready Player One. Do you think that's a fair kind? With less story than either of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I really, really enjoyed it. It's, I mean, because it, it's Ryan Reynolds who makes anything eminently watchable. Um, yeah, it, it is just a Ryan Reynolds vehicle and that's not necessarily to its detriment. I enjoyed it. I can't say it's going to be one I would sort of rewatch endlessly. I'd say it's a, if you want to put something on while you're also chatting to your mates at a party, it's yes. that kind of thing. I think that's probably fair. If you haven't seen it, it's basically set in a MMORPG and Ryan Reynolds plays an NPC in that game except obviously doesn't realise that he's an NPC in that game and, and sort of becomes sentient and self-aware as it sort of goes through it. And he starts sort of breaking out of his usual loop of what he is supposed to be doing. and yeah, um, He becomes uh, a game glitch and famous effectively because of it. Yeah. And it's good fun, lots of references, lots of silliness. I sort of felt near the end they were just like, ah, we just want a happy ending. Let's just uh, wrap this up. Yeah, it's really, really good. And uh, Brian Reynolds in the lead. Uh, it's got Jodie Comer in there. Takita Wahiti is in there as the CEO of the company that's like owns the game as well. So it's just, it's wonderfully fun. It's slightly sort of silly and over the top. It's very silly and over the top, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good fun. So definitely want to go and seek out that. I think that's on Disney Plus. If it's not on Disney Plus at the moment, it's supposed to be coming, I think, because it's 
because it is a 20th century studios distributed yeah. film so and it's weird as a streamer because it has some two second cameos and things on screens and things which include a bunch of people who I've seen on Twitch <laughs> so anytime you had somebody come up who was like a streamer or was referencing playing the game those are actual streamers oh really like very very famous ones so that was kind of an interesting fourth wally breaking thing where I was like hey that's wait it's oh my goodness all these people on these news reports in the background are, are actual Twitch streamers that's pretending funny. to play this fictional game inside the world of this movie yeah there are a, a few voice cameos apparently in there as well like Hugh Jackman and Tina Fey and Dwayne Johnson and there are, are a bunch of other like cameos that pop up yeah as well as the, all the Twitch streamers so yeah it's very yeah. funny and I think they did really well in the way they made it feel like a game as well yeah there was a lot of you could tell that people who liked gaming made it but wanted it to be accessible and fun even if you didn't play games yeah it makes sense I think or sense at least within context mm-hmm. as to what's going on even if you're not hugely into games so if you want a fun movie you can watch with sort of younger relatives or, or people who in the family who don't play games there's enough just standard comedy and self-explanatory things in there that I think it would make sense like you mean you saw all those Twitch streamers and you didn't know they were Twitch streamers yeah, and yeah. it didn't detract from the film in any way so I think they did a really good balancing act with it there definitely I really enjoyed that and uh, certainly I think he's worth to go watch over Christmas if you haven't seen it yet it's it's really fun I think it's coming on to Disney Plus or he's on Disney Plus if you've not caught it yet and that's Free Guy so that's all the stuff we've been up to over the last few weeks let's move on to some TV and film news <laughs> So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Uh, there's been a number of cancellations and renewals over the last couple of weeks. So we'll just quickly run through them. Cancellations, Julie and the Phantoms cancelled by Netflix after one season, which is a show that completely bypassed me. So I'm no surprise that it's got cancelled because I don't think I even remember hearing of it. Diary of a Future President apparently cancelled after two seasons on Disney+. Plus. AP Bio cancelled after four seasons by Peacock and Cowboy Bebop cancelled after one season by Netflix, which seems to have been a very expensive mistake. Yeah, they've not learnt with the making live action animes, have they? No, doesn't really seem to have done at all. Uh, I mean, it, I did, it did I have some it, but... hardcore kind of fans that really liked it who were very upset it's been cancelled after one season. But the problem with something like taking some of the most iconic anime series is ever and funding a live action of them which is a really risky move is that a lot of people hate your series before you've even made it mm-hmm. really is not an easy thing to do they if they want to start making these live action animes which are hugely expensive to do you probably have to start with a lesser loved series to prove you can do it yes I, I get it I get the point of going I know we'll take something that's really popular and make a live action version I sort of get why you would think that but I also feed time highly understand your point of prove the concept with something that is less beloved first and try and make it is that possible to, to yeah. do because we've had some live action adaptations based on manga or anime or that also have anime adaptions even if the live action isn't a direct thing and you watch them and things like Alice in Borderlands I watched that and then afterwards someone said oh yeah it's based on a, a manga it's already had an anime and I went oh really mm-hmm. and I can completely watched and loved that series and now I kind of want to go check out the other stuff that I didn't know existed before 
if you start with something that's so ridiculously beloved as cowboy people, yeah, <laughs> to do this kind of thing, you're just you're giving yourself such a massive uphill battle to get people to even want to try it. You're much better off adapting stuff that's smaller but got potential and maybe a bit less expensive than a giant space western. Yeah, I mean, Netflix as a whole has done a certain amount of that in that they did things like Warrior Nun, for example, which is a you know a lesser known yeah. comic book. Um, American comic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, American comic, but it was a sort of anime manga adjacent thing. And to of just general comic books they did Sweet Tooth as well which was a lesser known comic book so Netflix as a whole has done that but I think they needed to take something which was full blown manga anime and try and do that first maybe I mean because Umbrella Academy of course also a lesser known comic book but they're more westernized stuff than the manga things and maybe they yeah, should I think taken... the fans of some of the American comic books who aren't keen on the live act action adaptations will just not watch them mm-hmm. fans of Cowboy Bebop will defend it vehemently because it yeah. is such a huge beloved series you need something shorter to adapt as well I think to yes. start with they yeah. keep trying to make things like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood mm-hmm. another epically long complicated nuanced thing that didn't need a remake and again, incredibly expensive to make. And trying to make things like that doesn't usually work very well. After the particular interesting adaptation of, of a certain um, book about death, um, <laughs> you, you're really fighting an uphill battle with these and make something shorter, make something slightly less well known where people won't have potentially such a strong opinion against it's even getting made. I think that's probably correct. So that appears to have been quite an expensive mistake. I mean, we don't know exactly how much they spent on it because they don't release those sort of numbers. But I mean, I think there was a rumor floating around that it was possibly like 7 million an episode or something. You know? I would assume you could swim around and drown in the amount of money, Scrooge McDuck style. Um, yeah requested to make that series quite probably so that won't be coming back that was cancelled after one season in terms of the renewals uh, we're here has been renewed for a third season at hbo that is on sky max over on the in the uk american dad has been renewed for season 18 and 19 or if you're in the uk that's season 19 and 20 for weird reasons that i won't go into we're a season ahead even though we're not it's just the way the seasons were cut up in the uk it's a whole thing but anyway yes two more seasons of american dad anyway that's been renewed for servant has been renewed for a fourth and final season at apple tv plus so that will be coming back out of banks has been renewed for a third season on netflix which i was very happy about that's the teen drama that is way better than it has any right to be that's been really really good fun the first two seasons of that it's sort of the goonies meets the cw show basically (laughs) that's back for a third season leverage redemption has been renewed for a second season on imdb tv so that's coming Coming back. Is that related to Leverage, the quite funny series? Yes, it Ooh. is. It's a continuation Ooh. series and it's on IMDb TV, which means it's free. So all you need to get IMDb TV is an Amazon account, a free Amazon account, and you can go and stream things. Just go onto IMDb TV on Amazon and you can go and, and stream it, And things. it's got a lot of the same cast as well? Yes, a lot of the same cast. Noel Weil is the lead in it now. He's sort of taken over the lead 
lead role, but uh, the rest of the cast is, I think, mainly the same. I've got too many things to watch already, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can go watch that. That's uh, first season of that is up on IMDb TV, and that's been renewed for a second season. Yellow Jackets has been given an early season two renewal. That's a Showtime series. Goes out on Sky Atlantic at the moment in the UK. Invasion has been renewed for a second season on Apple TV Plus, which Matt will be very happy about because he really enjoyed the first season of that. Truth Be Told also renewed, which is the Octavia Spence drama that's been renewed for a third season. And uh, CSI Vegas, which hasn't landed here yet, but I mean, it will do at some point, I'm sure. But that's been renewed for a second season by CBS, which given that that was supposed to be a limited series to sort of celebrate 20 years of CSI, that has now been renewed for a full second season. So that will be coming back. William Peterson isn't coming back. Georgia Fox may return for that, but they obviously introduced a whole new CSI team as part of that show because the idea was that they bring a few old faces back, but they were going to introduce a whole new team. And this is exactly what they sort of set it up for was if it went down well, they could make a second season and that is what they are doing. I'm quite looking forward to that eventually landing over here because I do quite want to see it. In terms of pickups and other news, Apple TV Plus, the app is now on SkyQ. So if you want Apple TV, you can now go and get the app through SkyQ. It will still cost you extra. It's like $4.99 a month, I think. But you can actually get the Apple stuff directly through SkyQ if you've got that. Halo Paramount Plus released a trailer for the video game series. So there is a little trailer up for that. It doesn't give a huge amount away in all honesty. And it has the same sort of thing as the Mandalorian in the fact that the guy never takes his helmet off. But yes, so that is uh, the TV series, which has got a little trailer gone up on there. The Resident Season 5 has got a new home that ran the fourth season on Sky Witness. The fifth season in future seasons will now be on Disney Plus. So that has got an air date as well for season five that's the 26th of january basically it's just a case of i think either disney said it's our series we're taking it back or it was a case of sky really didn't see the point in keeping hold of it because they didn't have the previous seasons they only sort of ran season four because they had the rights to it left over from them having universal and when they shut the universal channel down they kind of had this spare season kicking around so i think that's possibly the only reason they ran it but whatever the reason it's now moved on to disney plus and that's where it will go out for future seasons so that's the resident season five 26th of january afterlife season three that's the ricky gervais series is the heartbreakingly funny series Friday the 14th of January that's landing on Netflix I'm very much looking forward to that that will be the third and final season there is a new show called Station Eleven which is coming to Stars Play that's on the 30th of January in 2022 spanning multiple timelines Station Eleven tells the story of survivors of a devastating flu as they attempt to rebuild and reimagine a world anew whilst holding on to the best of what they have lost it's a 10 episode series based based on the international bestseller by Emily St. John Mandel. I don't know the book at all, but if you like your sort of post-apocalyptic type dramas, that could be one to look out for. And that's going to start play on, it's called Station 11, 30th of January. And uh, Reacher has got a 
trailer and also a premiere date that's based on the Jack Reacher novels that's coming the 4th of February to Amazon Prime and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season 4 of that has also got an air date that's the 18th of February Vikings Valhalla has got an air date that's coming to Netflix on the 25th of February that's the follow-up series to the Viking series which ran on the History Channel and Amazon over here but uh, the follow-up is on Netflix set a couple of hundred years after the end of the original Viking series that's Vikings Valhalla that's 25th of February on 2022 did you ever see any of the sort of Viking things I kind of feel like Vikings might be your sort of back I seen a little bit of it but it didn't strike me as something I wanted to watch as much as all the sci-fi stuff we've been spoiled with sci-fi recently and I'm behind on that so yeah the Vikings will have to wait (laughs) yes it is a very very good series but uh, yes I know there's no spaceships in it obviously so (laughs) (laughs) is there a spaceship in it no no no. but uh, I'm very much looking forward to that that's Vikings Valhalla 25th of February on Netflix and Sanderton season 2 has got an air date that's coming to Britbox UK on Monday the 21st of March for those of you that don't have Britbox UK which I know is going to be probably most of you it is going to be coming out onto ITV at some point after that it's just Britbox UK paid for it along with PBS Masterpiece in the US so they're getting the premieres either side of the Atlantic and they're coming out around about the same time and then at some point after it's run out on Britbox it will go out on ITV so it will probably be I don't know end of next year before it probably lands on ITV that's uh, Sanderson season 2 that will be coming back on Britbox on the 21st of March if you want to get it that there in terms of some other news stories there is another Batman adjacent TV series coming to the CW or potentially coming to the CW it's it's in development right now it is from Belanti as a lot of these things are it's called Gotham Knights although it does share its name with the Batman Gotham Knights comic book and the upcoming Gotham Knights video game the premise is a little bit different to both it's set in the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder his rebellious adopted son forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they are all framed for killing the Cape Crusader and as the city's most wanted criminals this renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names but in a Gotham with no Dark Knight to protect it the city descends into its most dangerous it's ever been however hope comes from the most unexpected of places as this team of mismatched fugitives will become the next generation of saviors known as the gotham knights so that is the setup for it thoughts i mean we've had gotham we've had suicide squad we've had everything else the cw's ever made i feel both like saying Oh my goodness, really? And this was kind of inevitable. It's an interesting one. Adopted son. It could be a number of people. I'm assuming it's going to be... I mean, Jason Todd was the most rebellious and the least used of all of the the Robins in general. Could be Tim, but Jason Todd is one that doesn't get used a huge amount of things for obvious reasons. But but then if you actually watch the Titans series, they introduced Red Hood in the last season of Titans. So that's the interesting thing is they don't specify. They just say rebellious adopted son. If they'd said rebellious son, Actually, that would have oh, made that, some, that would be clear then. Yeah, yeah that would make be far more clear because you just go, oh well, that makes kind of sense because it would be Damien yeah. and. 
I mean, he is the most rebellious. He's, he's raised yeah, by I, the League of Assassins. Exactly. He, and he has been used to good effect in a lot of the animated things as well, Damien. But yeah, if they're saying adopted son, it, it can't be. Yeah, the, well, that was my thinking as well. I mean, I would love to see a live action version of Damien because they've used Dick, obviously, in Titans. They've used Jason in Titans. They've actually used Tim in Titans as well now. So, I mean, unless they're going to go with a completely invented character, which they may do, or unless they're going to drop the adopted and go with Damien, which would make the most sense to me, actually, because Damien is the one that would probably turn to the villains and enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of thing. And but he wouldn't need to. He has the League of Assassins. Well, he, he could just go back to his mom and be like, hey, so we're getting framed and this has happened unless they're going to frame him as being outcast from the rest of his family because he went and spent so much time with Bruce, but that goes against a lot of past canon, not that the CW cares about canon no. whatsoever. No, but, but I, I really don't know. It sounds like an interesting premise, and much as I'm not hugely keen on anything that looks like it's more the kind of young adult type stuff, a lot of the stuff with the younger characters in, in the Bat universe has a lot of potential, mm-hmm. and they are generally all very interesting characters. I'm not a huge fan of Titans. I just spent the entire thing getting tonal whiplash um, <laughs> through various seasons like that and I don't know I, I think this one I'm going to have to chalk this up as I have no idea yeah. what on earth this series would be like it could go in so many different directions yeah I, that's the thing with me I want to know which characters they're planning on using that's what I really want to know because I think that will set it up for me because if you're saying Rebellious Son and then you use Dick that would be weird it's the same if you use Tim the only characters to me could be are either Jason or Damien but Damien's not adopted so that doesn't really make any sense given that description I mean I know it's in development at the moment so that may change but we'll we'll have to wait and see and it depends if they're going to work it into any of the existing things like I think they need to make stuff like this standalone and not try and tie it in because when you tie all these series together yeah you occasionally get some really cool crossover stuff and multiverse stuff and things but you pull all of the errors or the inconsistencies and and things from all these other shows into your new show and it can become a detriment when you've got this many shows I would like this to be a standalone really I think it would allow it to work a lot better I mean if you were going to tie it into anything the only obvious thing to tie it into I mean it's from the a group of the writers from Batwoman but it would make more sense given who the leads are if you tied it into Titans because that's had the Robins in it already and that's who the adopted that's sons are that's the reason are. I think you shouldn't tie it into Titans well yeah um, it, there is but there is a certain amount of that but then this is a CW show and Titans is a HBO Max show which I mean I know they're tangentially linked but they are on essentially two different networks so I don't know it's an if, interesting one I feel like the sort of CW related slide HBO related other things shows are trying their best to replicate all of the confusing multi-threaded multiverse things about comic books which make them really 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 overcomplicated yes. um, and uh, they're succeeding very well at that I would like them to see them make a contained story that was not reliant on all of the 
these other things because yeah. um, I feel like some of them are just getting so messy now. Yeah, it just seems weird that you'd have something that comes from Belanti is from the people that made Batwoman. Belanti also made Titans and you'd then go and create a show that has a completely different Robin in it. It just seems a bit weird, but we'll, well see what they come to. the name from a comic book they're not even following. So at this point, that I think they just, they've chosen anarchy. Yes, yes, they certainly <laughs> have. It's called Gotham Knights. It's in development for the CW at the moment. Whether it moves forward there, whether it moves forward at all, whether it gets junked onto HBO Max, don't know. But we'll, we'll let you know if we hear any more on that anyway. But that is in development right now. Flipping over to the UK, Sky announced a bunch of things that are coming up in 2022. A few of these we knew about, few of these we didn't. There's an adaptation of The Midwich Cuckoos coming, which is the uh, very famous John Wyndham sci-fi novel. Keely Horse and Max Beasley starring in the leads of that. It's based in the town of Midwich, which is a quiet commuter town where nothing much happens until the twilight hours of late summer's day when everyone is within a set area of the town falls unconscious. The curious incident seems to be temporary and those affected regains consciousness, but every woman of childbearing age inside the zone has suddenly and inexplicably fallen pregnant as the children of the phenomenon grow. It becomes clear that they are not of this world. It's written by David Farr, who is the genius behind The Night Manager and Hannah. It's uh, Alex Troughton is one of the lead directors of it who did a Discovery of Witches, Baghdad Central. But sort of interesting Midwich Cuckoos. I don't know whether you've ever read the book. Yeah, I know the story and I worry for something like this that we've had so many adaptations, things inspired by this. It's something that has gone into kind of popular knowledge that how are they going to make anything where we can't just guess what's happening. They need to be very, very engaging since everybody knows the twists and what happens in the end because so many other things have already riffed off the contents of that book because it is so iconic. Yeah. Good Casso, I mean, Keely Hawes is great. Max Beasley's great. So there's a solid pair of leads running it. Like you say, it does have the issue that it's fairly well known as a story. Uh, Whether you know the book directly or not, so many things have covered it. But uh, yeah, that is coming in spring 2022 to Sky Max. There is another show called Extinction. Well, currently called Extinction. That title may change because that is a working title and they were pitching a few different ideas around for titles for that. But coming to Sky Max spring 2022 as well. Based around the date 1st of July 2019, a date that George can never forget, no matter how hard he tries. Trapped in a loop that keeps him returning to the 1st of July, he discovers the existence of a secret organisation known as the Lazarus Project, a crack team of agents who prevent global catastrophe by resetting time. George signs with the group as their latest recruit, but when tragedy strikes, George must decide if he can live with the consequences to save the world or take a different path. It's from Joe Barton, who wrote Girl to Jai. Stars Tom Burke as well from Strike, I think he was in. He's he's one of the people in here. Caroline Quentin's in there randomly. Yeah, some interesting names. Uh, Papa Esadu from I May Destroy You. He plays the lead as George. Got to be careful how I phrase this. I do have a little bit more knowledge of this. I am quite excited for this to land. I don't know how it reads to you, what you think. I think it looks interesting. I've both watched and read a lot of things that have similar concepts. So based on this limited information, I don't know. The fact the fact it's described as kind of an action thriller puts me off a bit, I think, because it makes it sound like the focus is going to be on that kind of time loop action, all guns 
guns blazing type approach rather than the sort of thing I tend to go for. But it has that kind of slightly all you need is kill. I've forgotten the name of the American movie that was based on that. Right. With the time loop and the aliens and the fighting. Yes. Was that the Tom Cruise yeah, one? Based yeah. On which a, is, based I've... on a manga called All You Need Is Kill. And now I've forgotten the name of the American version. No, so have I. Uh, did nobody ever remember the names of it? And it, yes, it, it was could live. That one. It had, had a big sort of the poster had something like live, die, repeat on it, didn't it? And everybody remembered it as that rather than the actual title of it. Um, yeah, but it was it Emily feels Blunt a little and, bit like, yeah. like that. And mm. it, I don't know. There's not enough there for me to... Right. Make I, I an would, opinion. I would say not that I <laughs> not that I've seen any of this because not that you've seen anything and you're treading very close to your NDA so much so you may get a paper cut from it in a minute. Yeah, yeah, not that I've seen any of this, but I would think tonally more in the line of humans than okay. than out and out full blown action. I suspect there might be some action sequences in there, but I think tonally it's probably going to end up being a little closer to something like humans more thinking less shooting yes <laughs> which i am in favor of because things like with this groundhog day style time loop mechanism i'm much more interested in not just seeing a fight scene over and over although it can work for some things but yeah i'm more interested if it's slightly less actiony i think yes i do think that sounds like a very interesting one and uh, is going to be one worth keeping an eye out for it's currently called extinction but like i say that name might change spring 2022 that is landing on sky max there is a couple of others as well obviously uh house of the dragon that is coming i'm particularly excited for another game of thrones i'm sort of a bit deflated game of thrones <laughs> well there you go yes uh that is true i've forgotten you don't watch that and it's i i, I waited till the end because i knew if the end was bad everyone would would be super super disappointed i did the same thing with lost and i've been right both times absolutely have yeah so house of the dragon obviously um don't know when that's going to land although if it takes the traditional game of thrones slot it will be somewhere around april there is a version of the time traveler's wife coming as well which of course was a movie in a book it's from from Stephen Moffat, it stars Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones and Theo James from the Divergent series. And Stephen Moffat, obviously, Doctor Who Sherlock. And it is basically you know, this love story between these two characters, Claire and Henry, who are separated by sort of time travel. You know, essentially, he pops in and out of her life, I think, is the sort of thing. Um, it sounds like the thing that Stephen Moffat will do very well. It's on Sky Atlantic. It's a HBO series. So I'm quite interested in that. I think that could be quite interesting and particularly with Stephen Moffat behind it I, I can yeah. see the humour sort of working with that I think they've got the right team working on it but I am not the target audience <laughs> yeah no because I just love... shy away from anything with, with romance in in kind of like the primary <laughs> plot um, for, for the most part um, so yeah I, I but yes. I think it sounds like it could be quirky fun good mm. good waste of an hour each week basically yes. just not for your cold dead heart <laughs> no well, I, I'm a goth. I can't help it. Okay. <laughs> uh, there is another one called The Rising, which sounds kind of interesting. Neve Kelly is dead. Understandably, she's scared and confused by this new non-existence. But moreover, when she realizes how she's been murdered, she is furious. Determined to find her killer and get justice, she takes advantage of her new supernatural abilities to go where the police can't and investigate her own death. In doing so, she uncovers deeply buried secrets and is forced to re-examine everything about her life and the people she cared about. It's an adaptation 
combination of a Belgian crime thriller. It's the first series to be produced entirely in house by Sky Studio. Claire Rudgar, who was in I Am Mother, stars as Niv, alongside a couple of newcomers as well. So sounds like an interesting premise for a series, if it's a bit quirky and slightly off the wall. I don't know. Sounds like he's going to have sort of some comedy elements to it as well as being a sort of intra- interesting sci-fi, supernaturally sci-fi thing, I think. Yeah. Are they going for comedy? Because you could read that two different ways. It could either be very, very dark or it could be a light-hearted murder-solving thing. I think it's probably, from the way it's written, I think it's going to be Buffy-esque humour. It sounds like she's possibly quite young, the character, so I mm. do wonder whether they're going for that level of sort of fun drama humour. Not necessarily teen, but that kind of humour, I think, is probably what they're going for. So it is a drama, but I think it's more of a dramedy that they're going for. That's the impression I get from it anyway. But, I mean, it does say it's an adaptation of a Belgian crime thriller, so I I don't know. But I get the feeling that it's going to be a very British sort of humour-based thing. It could be an interesting one. Yes, but that's called The Rising, and that's coming to Sky Atlantic in spring 2022. Uh, there are a bunch of other things. There is a post-up with a few more bits and pieces in that Sky have got coming next year, but uh, there is some good new original stuff coming to Sky next year. One of the things that's coming to Amazon Prime next year, early next year, they said, The Boys Diabolical, which is another expansion of The Boys franchise. This will be the second expansion because they have got one coming, which is set in the college for young soups. They've got like a teen thing coming up, which is one of the spin-offs, and that's live action. This one is called The Boys Diabolical. It's animated. It's an eight-episode animated anthology which reveals unseen stories of the boys universe brought to life through some of the most creative minds in the entertainment industry today including Aquafina, Garth Ennis, Elliot Lila Glazer, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen who of course produces on the show, um, Justin Rowland, Andy Samberg has done one, Alicia Tyler has done one so there's a whole bunch of people involved. Eric Kripke who is the creator of the show said we've almost finished with the eight episodes of our animated series Diabolical, we gathered together some of the most incredible creators and gave them one rule just kidding there are no rules they blew the doors off it delivering eight completely unexpected shocking gory moist emotional episodes if you think the boys is nuts wait till you see this that was followed up by Seth and Evan saying ever since we saw the animated film The Animatrix a series of short films set in the universe of The Matrix we wanted to rip it off today that dream has come true yeah I like the fact they're so upfront about that anthology (laughs) animated series is they are kind of doing the rounds aren't they we had the love death and robots and yeah. things like that over on netflix doing well and uh yeah it's the right time to be doing that sounds like they know exactly who their audience is and what they are trying to sell with this and we've also seen invincible that's something i have watched that's animated yes and which uh, was sold amazing. kind of as like hi do you like the boys well we, we picked up this other license that's kind of even worse and it's animated so we can blow everyone's heads up yeah. and then they've kind of looked and gone yeah actually we could just do that with the boys as well so I can see entirely why this got the green light to get made but I'm interested to see it because I'm assuming this anthology I mean to be fair the series has gone 
sort of away from the comic books to a certain degree anyway. <laughs> so I'm assuming this is just completely new material now. And I'm, I'm cool with that. I think it will be good fun. Yeah, I mean, there is, although, I mean, even if it isn't new material, there is so much that you can take out of the comic books. I'm actually in the process of reading through the comic books. It was sort of the thing I took away from me to read through. And I'm like up to book eight right now. And mm-hmm. there is so much stuff in the comic books, yeah. which is just drastically different to the TV show. There is a lot that you could take out of that and, and cover and do background on for one-off episodes and bits and pieces. So I really quite am looking forward to this. I think it's going to be fun and really funny and um, allows them to be gory and over the top. Like you say, since Invincible came out, I mean, Invincible was absolutely phenomenally well done and um, I I can see why maybe they commissioned this on top of Invincible. But um, Mm. I'm looking forward to the next season of The Boys, but this will be a nice little sort of stopgap until we get to the... They've said early 2022 was what the initial announcement was, so we'll have to wait and see when that lands. But that's called The Boys Diabolical and it's an eight episode animated anthology to watch out for in terms of stuff that's coming up a little sooner than that we've got some highlights for next week or next few weeks on tv coming up for you now So highlights for the next few weeks on TV. We have uh, The Wonder Years, which starts on the 22nd of December. That's coming to Disney+. Plus. That's the new version of the uh, classic TV series that follows a black middle-class family in the 60s for this time around. But uh, that's The Wonder Years, season one of that. Emily in Paris returns for a second season, which is a sort of very much a love-it-or-hate-it series from what I gather. 22nd of December for that on Netflix. American Housewife, if you watch that and was disappointed we didn't get the later seasons over here they have now put all five seasons onto disney plus that's 22nd of december their landing around the world in 80 days coming to bbc one on the 26th of december that's at 550 that's a new adaptation of the classic jules verne novel starring david tennant as um, phileas fogg in that as well mm. and uh, the stills from that look gorgeous so i'm quite looking forward to that one yeah that looks like it's going to be really really good so 26th of December for that. Clarice, which was the sequel to the Silence of the Lambs series, that's coming to Alibi on the 27th of December at 9pm. Stars Rebecca Breeds in the lead role as Clarice. There's a lot of people saying, oh, that's been cancelled. Technically it hasn't, although I would be very surprised if it comes back. There was a disagreement over the money because CBS wanted to move it onto Paramount Plus and MGM, who make it, didn't want them to move it onto Paramount Plus and they've hit a bit of an impasse. So it's in kind of renewal limbo now but i would be very surprised if it does return but technically it isn't cancelled that's the first season of that coming to alibi on the 27th of december that's carol reese the book of boba fett 29th of december which is obviously the new spin-off featuring the famous bounty hunter from the mandalorian from the star wars universe that's 29th of december for the book of boba fett very much looking forward to that i think that's going to be really really interesting stay close which is another harlan coburn novel adaptation starling kushjum James Nesbitt and Richard Armitage that's Stay Close and that's a limited series coming to Netflix on the 31st of December Cobra Kai season 4 also lands on Netflix on the 31st of December and then on the 1st of January we have Saved by the Bell season 2 coming to Peacock we have Gossip Girl also on the 1st the second half of season 1 of that coming to BBC iPlayer and the 7th of final season of NCIS New Orleans is coming to Sky Max on the 2nd of January at 
10 p.m. That is taking the time slot, which usually goes to NCIS LA. NCIS LA is still coming to Skymax, but it's going to be later in the year, which I know has annoyed a lot of fans, but they've decided to bump it for this year for the seventh and final season of NCIS New Orleans. That will be preceded by Magnum PI, which uh, season four of that is coming at 9 p.m. on Skymax on the 2nd of January as well. That's all the stuff to look out for in the next couple of weeks. There is, of course, a bunch of things around over Christmas. We have got Christmas list up on the website, which is uh, geektown.co.uk forward slash Christmas. There are a bunch of shows which are sort of one-off things which are coming up around Christmas on there as well. You can, of course, still enter the Geek Town Awards as well, which are still up and running on the website. There is a huge prize package you can win up on there. All you need to do is go on and let us know your favorite TV shows, games, and films from the last 12 months and uh, go and enter them on the website. You'll be entered into the awards and the prize draw for the prize package. Go to geektown.co.uk forward slash awards to find out more information about that, but it is well worth entering over there. If people want to find more of you, where can they find you? If people want to come and hang out and talk a lot of 80s and 90s nostalgia, as well as rant about a lot of comic books, sci-fi and other TV and movie-based stuff, I do that full-time over at Twitch at the moment. I could be found on everything as Trista Bytes, spelled B-Y-T-E-S, because I thought I was funny. So I'm on Twitch, I'm on YouTube, where I interview indie game and indie comic book creators if you're looking for anything new to read or play. And you can also find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, all as Trista Bytes as well. Yes, so go and check out Bex on all those different platforms, particularly Twitch, where she spends most of her life and uh, he's chained to a desk playing Tomb Raider. So <laughs> go check her out over it's there. It's literal. It's literal. Please come and come and save me. Help me. Keep me company. Yes. So go check Bets out over there on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. For other stuff, you can go find Matt over on Entertainment Talk. We've got a few shows coming out over the Christmas period that we've been doing. and All the Walking Dead stuff is over there that we've been doing. We did a roundup podcast for Well Beyond recently. So that's gone up there. We're doing some end of year stuff as well with Matt. So uh, that's over on entertainmenttalk.org. So go and check that out. And for Daryl, go to hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love shot in Canada. You can find all the news about those over on there. For us, you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. We will be back in the new year. So everybody have a lovely, wonderful, festive time over the next couple of weeks and we will see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.